Well, hello, GeekSpeak listeners. It's Lyle Troxel. I'm in the Amsterdam office of Netflix. I'm recording two episodes, no, excuse me, three episodes of the We Are Netflix podcast. And right now I'm just sitting in the room. It's early in the morning. It's about 7.30 a.m. Um, European time, whatever time zone I'm in. And I'm just prepping the room, making sure it sounds okay. It's a little warm. It's a little echoey. I don't particularly like it, but it is what it is. There's two microphones set up. Most of the gear here, I guess the mix between mine slash Geekspeaks and uh, Netflix's, only because I needed to get a good kit to travel with me. And the first thing I did was plugged in my headphone amplifier and blew the transformer or blew the components inside, probably the transformer. It's a little wall, wall wart transformer, a little black plug wire coming out. And it's set for reg of 110. Plugging it in here, it's 220. Um, most of the equipment we have in our lives actually works on 110 or 220. And you'll see sometimes a switch on the back, and sometimes you'll just see that it supports both. So when you go to Europe, all you have to do is uh, change the connector type from the two uh, dowels or pins, if you will, connector to an Edison type in the United States. So I did that and blew it. And, you know, I knew that would be a possibility, and I didn't think about it before I plugged it in. I should have not brought it with me. Uh, any case, so I don't have a headphone amplifier, which is fine. It's distribution amp. Um, the H6 that I use actually has a uh, headphone amp out, and I can plug two headphones into it. So most of my interviews are just me and somebody else. It'll be fine. And the third, I'm using a line level out. They'll have a little bit of audio on their headphones so they can hear us, but it won't be loud enough to do proof of concept and such, so. We'll see how that goes. Always technical difficulties. Yesterday when I set up the gear, I realized that I did not have an XLR cable. That uh, it had some kind of um, ground fault on it. And I've had problems with these cables before. I've actually soldered them up, fixed them. But since I didn't have my shop, we went by yesterday. Maggie and I went by and picked up a couple XLR cables. I was thinking I'd pick up a kit of two uh, and I'd have extra. But in fact, they were so short, half a meter, uh, that I needed to plug them end to end. A little, little stupid of me. I should have brought the... I felt like two meters was too much, but half a meter wasn't enough. Uh, not being able to judge distances as well. Let's see what else has been interesting. The museums have been wonderful. I'm currently suffering through some back problems, which is interesting. I'm learning about it. I don't have a diagnosis yet, diagnostic, diagnosis yet. But it looks like when I walk very far, and I'm talking 15 feet across the room, maybe five minutes of walking more like I start getting pain shooting down my left leg. So it's not sciatica, um, because sciatica normally gets better when you walk a little bit. So this is um, feels great to sit down. feels horrible to walk. And I've got some ideas of what it is, and I've talked to my doc through digital means. And when I get back to the States, I'll try to figure it out. But right for now, for now I'm trying to get wheelchairs when going through museums, and I am walking hunched over, which is really uh, difficult on my lower back, of course. So I can actually take my backpack, loosen the straps as much as possible, put it kind of above my legs and lean it back and use that as a counterbalance so that my muscles are not the only thing holding me in a stooped over position. It's scaring me and Maggie a bit, but in general, it's fine. Nothing wrong with it. It's just a little bit of mobility issues. Considering how much privilege I have in the world, having a little bit of challenge is actually probably a really good experience for me. And, of course, I'm in that optimistic place that I will be able to heal from this 
at some level. Hence the contact with my doctor. Transportation in Amsterdam. Um, I would say that Amsterdam, of course, is a big city, uh, traditionally probably you know, one of the more important cities, if you will, for Europe, or at least Western Europe. And um, giant airport and the whole deal. But coming from Tokyo from last month, it's so small. Uh, it also is just so pretty. You know, the canals, all the buildings and architecture. It's all built up on sand. And if you don't do the foundations really, really well, you get buildings that change their shape as they settle. And so you get a lot of that uh, effect. Houses leaning over. Three and four-story buildings, made of brick mostly. We're in a uh, three-story building uh, a lot of walking upstairs beautiful spot really love it there's parrots or parakeets we can't decide that are roaming the city uh, of course the canals actually you know classically they were sewage runoff and they were horribly nasty but nowadays they s don't smell so the entire experience is just lovely there's water everywhere um, it's a fun walking city yesterday i borrowed a rented a mobility scooter and maggie and i were able to quote walk around had a lovely time visiting little shops. Uh, let's see, what else? Went to a show of Banksy, which was a hoot. Um, had some other stuff there, too. I have to say that museum hopping for me is such a joy to turn off that figure-things-out brain as much as I can. One of the galleries we uh, were in, you could take f videos and photography anywhere you wanted, so I did a little video of that. It's on my Instagram feed if you want to go take a look. In any case... Um, one of the rooms had this wonderful work that was kind of squeezing out of the walls. But the room itself was a white box, white walls, white ceiling, and the ceiling was a plastic panel of lighting that was neutral and it spanned the entire distance. And, you know, I used to, uh, I used to run digital arts festival technical side of a digital arts program at UCSC. And I was always looking at lighting for rooms and figuring things out. And, of course, when you're in an education environment and you're dealing with lighting, what you're really dealing with is state budget and making things as efficient as possible. And so the building that we put up and I helped design, the digital arts research facility, uh, helping design that building, helping work in that building, we had to take a lot of corners. And I want a lot of height and ceilings, but I also wanted sound control. So we ended up with exposed... Uh, rooms, any of the rooms you'd look up in and there'd just be the gear of the space, lighting, uh, conduit, air conditioning units all exposed. You can also have drop ceilings where you have a you know a hung ceiling which is like a um, sheet sheets and squares of acoustic tiling effectively. It makes the room more uh, a better friendlier room acoustically, which is important for lectures and such. So our lecture rooms actually had that. But in the in the gallery spaces, they were really raw. They were a theater space and gallery space. And so it was just exposed beams, and I put in a grid and such to hang lighting. And so the the generic lighting of the room was horrible. I had to always light the room with for each show and move instruments around. Not a big deal. So going to this gallery and seeing that there's a room that has just complete neutral light, it's like, well, that's cool. As long as you, you know inform the artist first what it's like. And this room was perfect for that. However, the fluorescent bank that they had above probably had some shared ballast of some sort and was using maybe multi-phase because what was occurring was a ripple effect where one half of the room would, tube would be hot and then the next tube would be hot and the next tube would be hot and the next tube would be hot. So on any video videography you used with your phone, you could see this, this wave pattern emerging across the screen. 
Um, pretty interesting. And of course, this also could be that the reason we don't see this normally is that our phones are compensated per region that you're in. Current here, I think, is 50 hertz rather than 60 hertz in the States. So it could be a shutter timing issue, but it felt very much like that room was the problem. I haven't noticed it anywhere else. Um, and I think it had to do with the way they wanted to have a nice neutral light. But of course, they were looking for eyeballs, designing for eyeballs, not for cameras. So that was pretty interesting. That was in the MOCA, or Modern Museum, which currently has a Banksy show in it. Uh, Banksy, of course, is kind of... There's a, there's a movie a while ago that made him famous in the general population, but he is a graffiti artist, or that person is a graffiti artist, Banksy. Knowing who Banksy is is kind of part of the mystique. Uh, he's probably a dude. He's relatively famous um, because he's done some great stunts like um, cutting up or having a robotic frame that sliced up his painting in auction or right after the auction closed. I think it's Sotheby's, but I can't recall which auction house. In any case, clearly pretty organized and orchestrated. We talked a lot about that aspect of him. He's also done some things called, uh, let's say, destructive works where he takes a, a classic uh, Renaissance period painting, oil painting, and just writes over it and pretty much destroying it, which says a lot because, of course, the when he's done this, he, the, his stencil that he's using looks like it's really loosely painted, but actually it's really well controlled. So every time he's done this kind of home sweet home or the words of that type, it's perfectly the same every time. So he's, it's doing it intentionally. But there's a lot of uh, commentary about his style. He pushes the art world a bit. If you're interested in him, a movie called Exit Through the Gift Shop, I highly recommend as a figure out what how much is staged and how much is uh, controlling you as an audience or the art world. Really interesting stuff. In any case, um, so going through that in my mind, um, dealing with my travel woes, and now getting ready to record a whole bunch of people about Netflix, which is kind of fun. The office here is a really cool design. I love this kind of layout. It doesn't work at scale. In fact, it's funny. It's, I wanted the same kind of form for the digital arts facility that I worked with, but we didn't have the state budget for it. What this space is, is it's probably a two-story building. There might be a, a side wing or something that's more. But the central opening of the space, which has the staircase, it, at the very bottom level is the kitchenette, the place you'd eat and such, a whole bunch of tables for people to eat. And then above it is open, and then above that is skylight. And that open area is a walkway all the way around the second floor. You can look down to the room. So the connection between the spaces is really easy and open. I don't think I'll be going upstairs, but there's an elevator in the center of it as well. And then off around the base and larger space, it's a whole bunch of rooms. And true to Netflix form, the rooms are named after movies and television shows. Looks like a lot of them are ours. I'm in the room Rain, which I believe is about to release a new season. I hear is a good show, but I have not watched it. And so the room that I'm in has seven actors intently looking off into the distance, one of them aimed at me. And that won't be intimidating at all as I interview people about marketing and uh, uh, public relations. And I think the last group is communications, but I'm not sure. i got to look at my notes again. Business development. That's right. So i got to become an expert in that stuff so I can sound like I know what I'm talking about when I interview them. And um, in my spare time, I'll be doing some software development for the Android platform. Hmm. That's me from Amsterdam. And there is a little bit of like a a blog style of Geek Speak episode. 
I hope you enjoy, and uh, thanks for listening. Hey, you know, if you would like to spread the word, let people know, please feel free to go up to and make reviews on any site that you might listen to us on. I, I recently had Spotify, if that's your thing. For me, I personally like uh, more free podcasts, uh, meaning not controlled by a corporation, but a lot of people seem to be asking for it, so I added this to Spotify. Of course, you can find us on Google as well, which means you can ask your Google device to play us anytime you want. I personally listen to podcasts via Overcast on an iOS device, which I just love. If you're listening to podcasts on an Android device and have a recommendation on a good podcast player, I'd love to know so I can tell people. In any case, any platform, search engine, whatever that you enjoy using, please do rate, uh, review our program. It helps spread the word. Geekspeak is Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. You can use your stuff anyway you like. Just let them know we made it. Each theme song is by Michael Newman. That's star music. Thanks for listening. I'm Lyle Troxel. I'll see you next time.